Well, bless the Lord. One more again. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I hope you, um, glory to God, um, had a weekend that you well, you celebrated. That's right. I said it. Celebrated. Uh, not necessarily a birthday. Not necessarily a wedding. I hope that you had a weekend where you celebrated that you are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, and you running for your life. I hope you, you had a day, where, a weekend where you just celebrate the fact that you are a child of God. Not want to be. You're not a want to be. Can be. Hope you will be. One day I shall be. No, you're right now. The ch a child of the most high God. Did you know that God gave you the power? That if you believe on Jesus Christ, don't you know that he gave you the power to become the sons of God? The children of God, yes, he did. He gave you the power to become all, glory to God, that God has for you. My God, it's wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And if you can believe that with me, then you ought to give me a yes. Because all the promises of God are yay and amen. It's not maybe, I'll see what I can do. Oh my God, I don't know. No, all the promises of God are are yay and amen. It's not, no, well, that's all according to how you're acting. It's all according to how much money you make. We'll see what can happen. Nope, we'll see how your credit is doing. No, nope. all the promises of God are yay and amen. Did you know that God has some promises for you? And not only does he have promises for you, but I'm going to tell you this, he has gifts. He has gifts of the spirit for you. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about certain giftings that you may have. I want to talk about certain things that God gifts, that God gives you when you become a child of God. But first, you know, I got to start with prayer. Father, we thank you for the ability to walk on top of the water. We thank you right now, Father God, because we know that, Father God, when we go through the water, we should not drown. When we go through the fire, we should not be burned. Because what we're saying simply is that, Father God, we know that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. We know, Father God, that I had fainted unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We know, Father God, that we can taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I, I, I thank you right now because, Lord God, and I believe you that if um, glory to God, this world would pass away. Heaven and earth would pass away. But I'm just crazy enough to believe that the spirit of the Lord, the word of the Lord shall still be here. So we have our faith now, then, Lord God, we think, Father God, on something solid. We have our faith, Father God, on something that is eternal. We have our faith, Father God, on something that cannot be moved. And we thank you right now for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I want to talk about um, gifts, certain giftings of the spirit. Now, there's a lot of gifts. but And I'm going to go over some of them. And there's one in particular gift that I want to talk about that's really a gift um, that's overlooked. And from this, when I when I concentrate on this one particular gift, I'm going to read some scriptures first. But I, when I talk about this one particular gift, you're going to find yourself saying, oh, my God, that's what's wrong with me. Or, oh, my God, that is why I am like I am. Hallelujah. Let me go go me real quick to the verse the, the the book of First Corinthians, and I want to go to verse I mean excuse me chapter number twelve. So I'm so excited I can't get I want to go First Corinthians chapter twelve. We're gonna start reading that verse number one. Did you know that when you believe on Jesus Christ, when you believe on God, when you believe on Jesus Christ, 
too, don't you know that there are gifts that God gives you from his spirit? Now, when you are filled up with the gift, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get to speak it in tongues. You're so excited. No, no doubt. But know, but know, know this. That is not the end. God has given you a gift of the spirit. And, and one of the things about a, a gift of the spirit, it has to be discovered. And after that gift is discovered, all right, it has to be developed. And I pray that you get up on a church, you get up on a leader that will help you discover your gift. And then they will help you develop your gift. Now, sometimes you can go some places where they, they suppress your gift. You can go to some places where they're jealous of your gifts. You can go to some places where they're jealous of your ministry. They try to sit on it and different things can go on. But also you can go to some places where they want you to manifest your gift. Every time they see you, please manifest that gift. Please show us. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, there's no in-between. Sometimes people love you or hate you. And they love you and hate you for the gift that you have. My God. You know that you're gifted when you see yourself hated. That's a good sign that you're gifted because you will be hated and you'll be hated for no reason without a cause. The folks will not give you a chance to do anything wrong. They just hate you without a cause because you're gifted. Now, go with me to first Corinthians chapter 12. Let me tell you something. It says now concerning spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts I'm talking about. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. He was saying, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning your gift now. You cannot be ignorant in these last days and times concerning your gift. Because, you know, let me tell you something. Somebody around you needs your gift. No, the gift is not to be kept to yourself. But the gift is to be shared with the body of Christ in the world. Let me tell you something. You know that you were Gentiles. Well, now that you are Gentiles, watch this, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I may make known to you that no one speaking about the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. If you're saying Jesus is Lord this morning, you're not doing it of yourself. It's the Holy Spirit that has revealed unto you. And I'm thanking God he has revealed it unto me. My God, let me go on because I'm getting excited. Listen, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. He's saying there's different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit that gave, gives out the gifts. Hallelujah. Christmas is about to come early this year, baby. Hey Amen. You've been wondering how Christmas is going to go because of the COVID-19. But guess what? You're about to discover your gift this morning. Let me, let, me keep, let me keep going on. There are differences of ministries. And it's but it's the same Lord. And there are diverse activities. But it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to all. To each of one to profit all. That's what he's saying is this that he said that God gives you these gifts for the profit of all people, for the profit of his people. When God, when you discover this gift that you got, and when you um discovered it, now then when you develop that gift, don't keep that gift to yourself. And I've been I've been guilty of that in my past to where I'm saying, Well, I'm taking my gift and going home because they don't seem like they appreciate the gift, they don't appreciate me, they don't appreciate no. Uh uh. When you got the gifts of the Spirit of God, you cannot go home. You cannot take your ball and go home. You cannot get upset because you can't keep that gift to yourself. That that gift is not for you. <laughs> that gift that God gave you is for the benefit of the body of Christ. It's to be used for the body of Christ because it's to be used to lift one another up. One another up. You can't keep this gift to yourself, even though. 
you may feel like that's what you want to do. Now, let, let's keep going on. Let me read verse 8. This is a different kind of gift that's out there. And like I'm telling you, um, I'm going to concentrate. I'm going to concentrate on one specific gift. That's where I'm going to lay my hat at to minister from, really, because I want to show you. And you've been wondering why. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little clue what I'm getting ready to talk about. You may wonder why you have such a big heart. And you've been wondering why that you love hard, but you fall hard. You may be wondering why it seemed like you help everybody else, but it don't seem like nobody's there to help you. You've been wondering why it seemed like when you're in a relationship, yet you love somebody 100%, but yet they're, giving, they're only giving you 50%. It's because of a certain gift you got. And let me show you what's going on. But let's keep going on. We're going to get there in a minute. It says, now watch this. This is verse, this is chapter number 12. I'm going to start reading the verse number 8 again. Watch what it says here. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Now, these are different giftings. The word of wisdom is like, say you got a problem, say you got an issue, and something needs to be done. But you don't know how to go about doing that thing. You may not want to start a business. You may not want to do different things. You don't understand how to go about it. And so a man of God with the word of wisdom will give you a word of wisdom on how to go about um, your business. The word of wisdom will say how to um, start a certain type of ministries in the church. Word of wisdom even work in the world where you might be in a business meeting or different things are going on. And a word of wisdom can tell the CEO what to do, or different things. A word of wisdom. Hallelujah. But let us go on. I'm going to spend a whole lot of time on these things. But listen, because I'm trying to get to a certain point. It says, you're giving a word of wisdom through the spirit. Watch this. To another, it's the word of knowledge through the same spirit. A word of knowledge comes in where you um, will know the secrets of another man's a woman's heart. Say if you in your mind and, and you've been speaking with God and you decided that you've been God been pressing you to write a book. And now somebody comes along with the word of knowledge, doesn't even know you or doesn't really know how you've been talking to God about what's going on. And they say, hey, have you been thinking about writing a book? Because the Lord showed me this. And I wanted you to say that say that God is going to bless you indeed in that and go on with forward with that and. And you're not even spoken with this person as far as your dreams and goals and what God has put in your heart. The word of knowledge comes in to what God is um, presently doing in your life right now and what it's getting ready to do. It's not necessarily prophecy because this is something that they're speaking to you that's already in your heart and already in your mind what you're getting ready to do. And you could be possibly in the midst of doing that and already getting ready to do it. And here comes somebody with the word of knowledge um, to know the secrets of your heart, to tell you what you're doing and how you're going to go about it and how God's going to bless you in it. The word of knowledge. But let us go deeper into some things. He says to another, this is another gift. All these are gifts. Now, it's a gift of the word of wisdom. There's a gift of the word of knowledge. And there's also a gift as another gift of faith. Now, this is not necessarily talking about saving faith. We all have saving faith. And we all got to have saving faith in order to be saved. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day and he just come back for those who believe just that. We believe, we have faith to believe that. We have faith in a lot of other things in our life. But the, the person with the gift of faith they have the gift and the um, knowledge to believe God in much more deeper areas than other people do. 
For instance, when Daniel went in the lion's den, he had the faith and knew he was coming out of it. Everybody gonna have that kind of faith can do that. When them Hebrew boys went in that fiery furnace, they knew they had the faith to come out of that. Everybody doesn't have that kind of faith like that. That guy may have saving faith. <laughs> may have faith in some other things, but wait a minute, you're talking about something totally outrageous right now. You're talking about into a lion's den. I mean, you're gonna come out? Some people got that kind of faith. They have the gift of faith. And while I says, here's another gift. There's another gift, and it's called the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Now, we all have um, the, 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 the knowledge to know that you can call for the other church. You may go on some things, and they can pray the prayer of faith over you, and you can be healed. But there's some people out there that have the gifts of healing. Extraordinary things. Somebody can be struggling with cancer, and you run into a man with the gift of healing. Guess what you're not going to have no more? You can be struggling with different uh, uh, A's or STDs. I don't care what you got going on in your life. But some people may have the gift of healing. And they're able to heal you from certain diseases and certain things that are going on in an extraordinary matter. I'm not talking about being healed from a cold. No, some people just got the gift of healing. When Jesus walked in, Jesus, Jesus was able to heal blinded eyes. Jesus was able to heal leopards. Um, Jesus was able to heal people who had been died and he resurrected them back. He, he was able to heal. That's, that's basically really a miracle right there. He was able to heal in an extraordinary manner. Even, even in little things he was able to heal. He was able to heal people's headaches. The Bible says Peter's mother-in-law had a headache. She had a fever. Jesus walked in. Ah, bullshadia. Bless her, sir. And she's healed. My God, let us go deeper. He says, in some, and these are all gifts of God by the same spirit. Now watch this. To another, the working of miracles. Now miracles are uh, basically what I explained, how Jesus was able to go in um, and heal Jairus' daughter when she had passed away. He was able to, a miracle, he, he raised her from the dead. Jesus was able to go into Lazarus' grave after being dead for four days and raise him from the grave. Jesus was able to turn water to wine. Jesus was able to, glory to God, feed 5,000 people with a few fish. And a loaf of bread. He, miracles. The apostles performed miracles also. They go in. Um, Peter went in to um, glory to God. And people were healed. And Peter and Paul and people were getting healed. Glory to God. From different diseases. People who had passed away. If you read the book of Acts. Um, they were able to heal. And they were raised up from the grave. Um, the Bible says also that from Paul's body was taken handkerchiefs and aprons. The handkerchiefs and aprons, they were just touched Paul and people were healed just from touching the handkerchiefs and aprons that Paul had touched. That's a miracle. Um, Peter's shadow was able to heal folks. They would lay folks out in the, in the, in the uh, road. And when Peter walked by his, just his shadow hitting people were, they were will heal miracles. God's going to work a miracle in your life. As a matter of fact, hear the Lord saying to this to you, that you are a walking miracle right now. Some of you right now, the doctor told your mothers that you, you would not survive. You should go on and abort the baby. You should, the baby would not survive. The baby would have an irregular heartbeat. We don't think this baby's going to make it. Maybe perhaps you should think of alternatives and yet they, they had you anyway. You are just a walking miracle right now in the name of the Rebosha. As a matter of fact, some of you right now, that you've been through some things that would drive other folks crazy. You've been through some things in your life that were some other folks 
folks have taken their life based on what they've been through, but not you. You're still walking around. You're still blessing God. You're still giving God glory. You're just a walking miracle. It was miracles. Some people have the working of miracles. This is a gift by the Spirit, now, by the same Spirit. Watch this now. And to another, prophecy. Now, prophecy come in like this. Future events. This is what I'm believing. This is future events. There's a lot of people walking around nowadays saying they get give a prophecy. And they keep saying what's going to happen in the future. But it don't come to pass. But when you really got to give a prophecy, God doesn't make no mistakes. When God says something's going to happen in future events, it happens. Some people have to give a prophecy. Now watch this now. To another person, they may have the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is this. Is that you can recognize what kind of spirit somebody is struggling with. You can say that person got a spirit of depression. This guy over here has a spirit of, uh, uh, he got a spirit of hatred on him. This guy over here, he has a spirit, he, you know, he doesn't have a spirit of infirmity. This other lady over here, they got the spirit of malice. They got the spirit of regret. You just caught off all kind of things. They, that person there, he's struggling with alcoholism. That person there, he's struggling with a demon, glory to God, uh, of drugs. You're able to call it out. You know exactly what kind of spirit somebody's struggling with. Some people have the discerning of spirits. Not the spirit of discernment. There's no such thing as spirit of discernment. That's why you got juggles going around looking crazy in the face, thinking they know you and they don't. Tell them they got the spirit of discernment. There is them the spirit of discernment. But there is a discerning of spirits. <laughs> to know what exactly what spirit somebody is struggling with. My God. See, when you start getting to the word, all this foolishness that people are talking about, it really disappears. Let me can I show you something else? And, and I'm really trying to get to one to particular gift that I'm gonna show you. But I'm just going to deal with some things right now just to warm up. Let me show you some different kinds. of. Now, watch this. And some person, some people, and when you have a gift from the Lord, a gift from God, it's, they have different kinds of tongues. I'm not talking about necessarily when you're first filled up with the Holy Spirit and you start speaking in tongues. I'm not really necessarily talking about that. That I know that's one of the initial signs that you've been filled up with the gift of the Spirit is speaking in tongues. But these particular people had the gift of tongues, meaning they, they're able to, to speak in different types of tongues. Sometimes they may be in a service and speak in this tongue, and they may be in the Spirit, spirit and speak in another type of tongue. Their tongues vary. They're just Some people call it fluent. I don't really call it, call it, call it fluently speaking in tongues because I've never seen anything in the Bible that says fluently speaking in tongues. But there are people who speak in different type of tongues, languages they never learned before. All because of the Spirit of God. And what is going on is, what they're doing is, they're speaking in the Spirit on your behalf. They're interceding for you. In languages that cannot be uttered. Can I can go deeper? Now, now um, what else we got here? And to sum up, people have the gift of interpreting tongues. That means that you may have the gift of interpreting exactly what somebody else just said in the Spirit. I was in a service and and actually seen this happen come to pass. Somebody spoke in an unknown tongue. And after that person spoke in an unknown tongue, there was a man there who interpreted the tongue that was spoken. My God in here. But let us go deeper. Look at verse 11. But one in the same spirit works in all these, distributing to each one of individuals as he will. That, what, let me tell you what that means. Is that God is the one who decides who get what gifts. <laughs> you can't pick out your gifts for yourself. 
you can't. This is not like you going to the store and saying, "Oh my God, here's a gift of tongues. I want to buy that." Oh, here's a gift. I want nope. God is the one who decides whom gets what, <laughs> and that's why you see a lot of people going around jealous of other people's gifts instead of using the gift that God gave you and perfecting them. Don't you know that it's ridiculous to be jealous of somebody else's gift? They didn't ask for that thing. God gave it to them. <laughs> God gave him the gift. Don't be jealous of him. God gave him that ministry. Stop trying to copy and be jealous of him. God gave him that ability. You should stop trying to Ama Kobosha. You should stop trying to imitate and duplicate. No, just congratulate. Because God, He is the one who gives out the gifts. And you don't give out the gifts to yourself. You can't pick and choose. Glory to God. But there's other gifts also. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to go to me real quick in the same chapter. <laughs> Let me start reading at verse 23. I was talking a little earlier about um, people with big hearts. Some of you out there, you have real big hearts. You do. You love hard. You help. You can help anybody. There's people out there that have been in need before and you've helped them. There's people, there's men, there's women you've been involved with and you love them 100%. And they only gave you 50. And you I keep asking yourself, why do I keep getting myself in these situations? Why do I keep loving these type people? And sometimes the giftings that God give you, they can be misused. And sometimes the giftings that God give you, you can use them on the wrong people. And here's what I'm talking about. There are certain things um, that you'll start doing. That God don't want you to do. Even though you got the gift to do it. <laughs> you got to start asking yourself. Is this the appropriate time? Is this the right place? Is this the right person? And that's why you have to have wisdom. When using these gifts. Let me read you something real quick. 1 Corinthians 12. I want to start reading that. Um, at verse 23. Because God Begins to and Paul through the um, Spirit of God begins to explain to the church why God is giving out these gifts and why there's different types of gifts and why we have these gifts. When you have a certain gift, that doesn't mean that you think that you should think that you're better than someone else. See, a person who has a gift of prophecy may start thinking he's better with the man with the gift of tongues. Not so. The person with the gift of healing all of a sudden thinks he's better than the man with the gift of um, wisdom. No, not so. We all need each other. We can't be divided. But let me go deeper into the scripture. Let me start reading verse 23. Look what it says. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. He's talking about the body of Christ. It's some, sometimes you can get into temptation of thinking that you're better. He says, these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. Listen, we God said you, the person you think there's less is the one that's God giving the more honor to, a greater honor. Because that's what's holding you us up. 
We all need each other. But let us go deeper into what I'm saying. But our presentable parts have no need, but God has composed the body, having given greater honor to the parts which lacks it. Verse 25. That there should be no schism in the body. That means schism means division. He God there was no division in the body. You ain't thinking I'm better than this person. I'm better than this person. Well, I gotta give it tongues. Well, I gotta give a healing. Well, I got Who cares? Use your gift to the glory of God in the body of Christ. Nobody is better than anybody else. Can we go, go to this thing? Look at verse 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. We are all one, baby. If one person is suffering, we all suffering. If one person is lifted up, then we all been lifted up. Because that's how a body is. My head can't come out of something unless my feet come out. That's why oftentimes you find yourself stuck in situations and you just can't move because your head is still there. Your mind is still there. Sometimes you can't walk out of a relationship even though y'all been broken up for 10 years because your mind is still in that relationship. <laughs> even though your feet is still walking. Your whole body and soul and mind got to be out. This is a body. We can't be lifted up until one person else is lifted up. When we all lift it, when one person is lifted up, then we all lift it up together. If one person is suffering, then we all suffering. That's how I should be in the body of Christ. Oh boy, you better get this revelation. My God in here. This is what else happens. But I'm going to get to a certain point that I want to show you. And God is going to bless you. It says, if one member suffers, then the all members suffer with it. Or if the one member is honored, then the all members rejoice with it. Now are you the body of Christ and members individual? Watch this. God has appointed these in the church. Watch this. Different ministries now he's getting ready to talk about. He's getting ready to talk about different offices and different ministries in, in, in the body of Christ. He says, there are apostles. First apostles. There are prophets. Now, somebody may have to give prophecy, but they don't mean necessarily they are a prophet. Oof. They don't mean necessarily they hold the office of a prophet. <laughs> Because a prophet, he come out and prophesy to you. He start preaching and everything. Sometimes people would give prophecy, start thinking they should start preaching. And they should start passing. Hold up. Hold your horses. Time out. <laughs> Some people with the gift of it's a, it's a gift called a gift. It's not written in this chapter uh, in 1 Corinthians, but in Romans and Ephesians, it starts talking about different gifts also. And there's one particular gift called a gift of exhortation. And exhortation is the gift of encouraging. It's also a gift of edification, and when you when you edifying somebody, you're building them up. See, sometimes people with the gift of exhortation, edification, they think all of a sudden because they don't build somebody up and encourage them, they should get in the pulpit and start preaching. So they try to start preaching and can't preach, and they're like, "What's going on?" Because you just had the gift of edification, exhortation. We got to stay in our lane. <laughs> uh, look at somebody real quick and tell them stay in your lane. I know you can. I know you got a gift for prophecy. I know you may have a gift for exhortation. I know you got a gift for edifying folks, but you're gonna have to stay in your lane because getting that pulpit is a whole different animal. Can we go deeper? He says we got apostles out there. He said we got the gift of we, we got we the office of, of prophets. He said we got the gift of in the office of teachers. And after that, he says we have miracles. We have the gift of healings and the gift of helps. Mm, what is that? 
Hmm. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. It says, he starts talking about the gift. He starts talking about the apostles. He started naming our prophets. We got prophecy. He said, we got teachers out there. We have the working of miracles out there. And we have the gift of, of healings and all these things that we're thinking about is things that are flashy, things that we like, oh my God, you know. But then all of a sudden, nestled in this thing, we have what we call the gift of helps. Helps? What is, what is helps? <laughs> and that's what I want to that's what I want to talk to you about. The gifts of helps are people who have the ability to go the extra mile. There's some people who will help you out for a little bit in the church. But there's some people who have the gifts of helps. The pastor knows they can call on them anytime, anywhere, in any moment, and they will be there. That person was short from sun up to sundown if need be. They have the gift of helps. Abu Shaniaka. <laughs> wow. The people with the gift of helps are usually the people in life, they have big hearts. People with the gift of helps, when they're in relationships, they love hard. They love you 100%. Even, on, even while only receiving 50% from their partners. People with the gift of helps, um, they help the, the church out. They help the pass out. They help financially. People, in the, people with the gift of helps, they're usually the ones who have let people stay in their houses. Yes. They've let people stay in their house. When another, another person didn't have a place to stay, somebody with the gift of helps will let somebody come and stay in their house. Cook, clean, pay the bills until the other person get themselves back on their feet. People with the gift of helps oftentimes find themselves, though, heartbroken. Because the traps that the people with the gift of helps fall into is, is that they expect the same thing in the same um, love that they have given out and they expect the same help that they have given out to be reciprocated from the person that they have helped. And they, they think that they should receive the same love from the person they have loved and it really doesn't happen like that. And then you find yourself heartbreaking because you say, man, I don't help this person out. I don't have them in my house. I don't I don't watch them get back on their feet. They left and I ain't heard from them since. Or you can be like, man, I love this man, woman so much. I love them 110 percent. I don't gave my all and all. This person only gave me 50 percent. Now they don't left me. I, I don't help the church out. I helped them out. I, I did what I had to do. I gave my money. I gave my time. I swept. I cleaned. I cooked. I did everything in the church. And they won't even acknowledge me. They won't even say I ain't it. You know? There's two trappings that the people to give the helps fall into. And that is. They want to be acknowledged. And oftentimes they don't get acknowledged. And also. They want. The people who they've helped and love. To give it back to them. And it doesn't happen like that. The trap you can fall into. When you have to give helps is. Is that. Say you're in a relationship with a man <laughs> or a woman and you invited them to your house. You don't know what you can do for them. 
they might have moved in without a job. Now they got a job. Now they got a stuff going together. And next thing you know, they don't left you for another woman or a man or. And you're just devastated. Because now, first of all, you you've used your gift in the wrong way. Because we all know that once you move somebody in and, and different things like that, without the promise of real commitment, you're asking for trouble anyway. <laughs> but not only that, Rebu Shakarabaha, you'll find yourself in a state of regret. And when you find yourself in a state of regret, you'll start um, not wanting to use your gift anymore. And you'll start saying to yourself, well, I'm not going to help anybody no more. I'm not going to use this gift. I'm not going to help nobody in church. I'm not going to help nobody in my family. I'm not going to help nobody anywhere. I'm just not going to do it. And that's where you'll find yourself being that bitter because somebody did you wrong in your past. You'll find yourself, like if you're helping somebody, you're doing things in the church, you're trying to do all you can do. You don't help the ministry out. You don't did this, you don't did that. And then one day you get you get upset, you get hurt in the church, and you decide, well, I'm not going to help no more. I'm not going to go back to church anymore. And so you try to keep that gift to yourself. And you say, well, I'm going to keep this gift to myself because I don't help and help and help. And all I receive is backlash. And all I don't receive is hurt myself. And when it's time for me to be helped, it's because sometimes people with the gift of helps, sometimes you need help with your rent, maybe. You might be helped with somebody watching your kids. You might be helped with somebody trying to give you a ride somewhere to do something for you. And you said, well, I don't did all these things for all these people. And now when I need help, I'm trying to call on these folks and they're nowhere to be found. I don't. Then you say to yourself, well, I don't help this church out so much. And now I don't give my all. And now when I'm asking for some money from them, they're nowhere to be found. That's oftentimes what happens when you have the gift of helps. <laughs> you, you, you may find yourself heartbroken. You may find yourself disappointed because you say, I've been here for all these people and they're not there for me. <laughs> but let me tell you something about having a gift of God. And I'm going to show you exactly why you find yourself hurt. And I'm getting ready to show you you with the gift of helps. I'm going to find, I'm going to show you exactly where you find yourself in different areas and spots like that. But let me tell you something. Don't tell me about the gifts of God. You can try to keep those things to yourself if you want to. I had, obviously, if you don't know what my gifting is, right? If you listen to this podcast, if you don't really know what my gifting is now, you might, you know, I don't know where you've been, but it's been times when, when I, have kept my gift to myself and I, and I, and I stopped preaching and teaching for a long time. And and one time I stopped doing it, I didn't think about it for a long time. And it wasn't until somebody in the world pointed it out to me and said, there's something that you need to be doing that you're not doing. And once I knew exactly what it said, and once that that word was spoken to me, ever since then, no matter what, I still just can't keep it to myself. When you have a gift from God, it's going to come out. And the problem is, if you're not in church manifesting your gift, you'll be doing it in the world. The only problem is when you're using your gift in the world, you may be using that gift for the wrong people. So you, you, some of you might have invited the wrong people into your house. You probably love the wrong man and you're giving them their all, your all. 
and you expected the situation to turn out different, and it didn't. And now you're finding yourself regretting all the help you're giving them. Because in the midst of all the help you're giving them, now your credit might be messed up. Now your car might be broke down. All from trying to help somebody else that didn't give it back. And you can find yourself in regret. Or you can be invited a family member into your house. And the same thing happened. Your credit now is messed up. Your car is messed up. Your household is tore up. Sometimes you can invite, some, say you're married. So, there are some people with the gift of helps. You know you can always call on somebody with the gift of helps because you know they're going to help you. Because people with gifts of help, they have big hearts. And you can call your, your, your somebody you know, your best friend can call somebody that your friend. Hey, I, I've been thrown out the house. I need a place to stay. Please help me. Blah, blah, blah. You invite that person to your house. They're there for a while, six, seven months. They're not doing, doing their thing, trying to um, make something happen. And lo and behold, they don't took your husband. Hmm. Hmm. You invited somebody into your house because you have a big heart. You have the gift of helps. And you trusted this person to come in and you, you gave them a roof over their head. You, you, you helped them get a job. You helped them get back on their feet. And as they returned, you know what they did? They took your man. They took your husband. And from that, you can either go two ways. You can decide, I'm never going to help anybody again. Or you can say, I got to forgive this person. And not only that, I still got to use my gift. And it's, this is just not for the gift of helps. You can have the gift of healing, prophecy, all that. I was talking to a pastor one time. They said something very interesting. And I, um, <laughs> I didn't say nothing because out of respect for them, I didn't say anything. But they, here's what they told me. They was telling me about how they had prophesied to someone and helped someone and they helped them get a house, helped them get a car. And they had prophesied a house, prophesied a car, and they helped them actually do that things and put them in the right direction. And they were talking about this person was going to the church when they didn't have anything. And then I prophesied to them and, and, and helped them and they got the house and God bless them with the house and they got the car. And you know, that person left the church and won't just ride by the church and won't come back. And and they said something to the stint. Well, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit unto that person if I seen him. And I and I thought and I was thinking in my mind. I didn't say anything. In a minute. I was like, I was like, the gifts are not for us though. The gifts are be to be used to help the people. Just because you prophesied to somebody and just because you help somebody doesn't mean they have to stay in your life. Or they're gonna be there for you when you need help. That's not what the gifts are about. Our help comes from the Lord. For instance, if I helped somebody out in the street or if I prophesied to somebody and I might have invited them into my home or I might have blessed them and told them God was going to bless them, that doesn't mean that, that God, that doesn't mean that they're going to help me when I'm in need. I could possibly get my help from another source. But just because I did was obedient to what God told me to do, that's going to get my blessing. But my blessing may not come from the person that I helped. Just because I preach a good word doesn't mean somebody's supposed to join your church, my brother. Just because somebody started off with you doesn't mean they're going to finish with you. You can't take that personal. So there's two trappings that people with the gifts of helps can get themselves in. And that's this. If they don't get the knowledge 
or if they don't get any help from the person that they have they have helped. And there's another third third thing I want you to watch out for. If you have a big heart, you have to give help. So I want you to watch out for this thing right here. Stop loving the wrong person. Rebusha. Stop loving the wrong person. And that's another thing that you need to be careful of. I'm going to show you this and you're not going to believe this. Did you know that if you gave somebody clothes off your back, if you bought somebody some lunch, if you blessed them to get a house or a car, if you took them into your home, and if you don't you, don't you know if you visit somebody in prison? You're not necessarily, you didn't necessarily do that to them, but you did it to God. You want me to show you that in the Word of God? Yeah, I need to show you that. But let me show you something real quick. Go, go me real quick at the book of Galatians chapter 6. And, and let me show you something, because what can happen is when you have the gift of helps, you can become weary and, come, and become the way you want to give up and stop using your gift. But it's going to be hard to do because it's going to be like fire shut up in your bones. You can't hold your peace. Whatever your gifting is, that thing going to be burning in you. And you, can't, you ain't not going to be able to help but to do what God has called you to do. But let me show you something real quick in the book of, of Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to start reading around verse 9. Let me show you something. It says this. And let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. He's saying this, you have the gift of helps, but don't go weary in that. Don't go weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Folks have done you wrong, but don't lose heart. That man left you, but don't lose heart. The person, people that you help. They won't answer your phone calls, but don't lose heart. There's some churches out there you don't did some business with. And you um, thought that, you know, perhaps they would acknowledge you or uh, do something for you when you needed something. And you were disappointed. But don't lose help. Don't lose hope. Listen, you have a big heart. Hallelujah. And you have really been upset lately. And a thing is really bothering you because you have helped a lot of people. And in your hour of need, if you're in your hour of need, there would know it to be found. Let me pray for you right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask right now, Father God, that you even now let, Father God, us not be weary and well-doing. Father God, some of us given up. Some of us, Father God, are throwing a towel. Some of us right now, Father God, said, I will not preach or teach again. Some of us have said, Father God, we will not help anybody again. Some of us said, Father God, that perhaps there's nothing to um, this church thing or there's nothing to God. Some of us, Father God, have lost our faith. Some of us, Father God, that the book shy in the name of Jesus have decided that Maybe perhaps I was better off in the world. Some of us perhaps maybe believe that we have seen um, better, a greater love in the world than we have seen in the church. Because we know, Father God, that 
Love is an action word. And so, Father God, we ask right now that we don't be weary in well-doing. For we know that in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Basically, what the scripture said in Galatians 6 and 9 is that the one that's going to repay you is not necessarily the one that you help. But your help can be coming from another source. Your help can be coming from another person. Your help that you need. Perhaps you're going to get it from someone that you don't even know. And it's gonna, it's only, and it's only gonna be because of all the things that you've done for other people. Let me show you real quick. When I, I told you that, that if you give somebody the clothes off your back, I told you that if you give somebody, um, glory to God, um, uh, visit somebody in prison or help somebody, you're not necessarily doing it to them. You're doing it to God. Go me to Matthew chapter twenty-five. Matthew chapter twenty-five, and I want to start reading for you at verse number thirty-one. Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. And I do believe God's got a word for you here that you probably didn't know. Some of you did, but that's all good. We're going to read it together. Matthew 25 and verse 31 says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered together before him. And he will separate, separate from one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Now watch this. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. Hmm. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Hmm. Jesus said, hey, I've been sick. <laughs> in the hospital sick. I was naked. I got clothes from you. I was in prison. Y'all came to visit me. Uh, I was hungry. Y'all gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. Y'all gave me something to drink. Sounds strange, don't it? Let's keep reading. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord. When did we see you hungry and fed you or thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in or naked and you clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Now watch this. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, in such much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. In other words, Jesus is saying this. If you have to give help to you, you're going to help somebody. You wasn't helping them. You was helping me. Start thinking of things like that, though. Next time you, you, you throw in a towel on the side, I'm not going to use to give it helps. I got a big heart. I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm, I'm this foolishness. Start thinking of that way. That you're not doing it for them. You didn't take them in. You took God in. <laughs> you didn't just feed them. You fed God. You just didn't give them drink. You gave God drink. And that's why he's telling you, be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. The person that you help will not be the one that necessarily borns that blesses you. Oftentimes, your help can be coming from another source. Listen, if it's a word, then I must have did it. And if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed.